All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I hate to break the fishing news up, Ramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Ah, it's Thursday, and it's episode 206 of the Real Life Podcast, presented to you by Japa Machinery. We love them very much. They are your spot. If you need to move dirt and do a bunch of stuff with heavy machinery, you need to go to Japa. Hi, I'm Tyler Uremchuk. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Bag Milk is here. I know that because I'm staring at his ceiling. Jay and Wanye are here. I think they're both their screens are on pause. Um, hey, so- is it? Is it episode 205 or 210 because of how many intros it took to get to this point? Ouch! Zing! Ouch. I'm, bringing every, I'm bringing the audience into the inside. God Zing almighty, God. that hurt. Your couldn't get, yeah, your M-Chuck couldn't get the podcast started. Zing, so many failed attempts. Zing! So <laughs> the process behind this is I need to mute the, the FaceTime call while I play the intro because I don't trust you guys not to talk the whole time. So basically... So for, it sounds like, here's the system. Push button one, then button two, then podcast starts. Yep. Yep. So I don't know, man. Remember before your M-Check got here, how wild it was? How shitty the audio quality was? Our number one complaint was your show sucked. Hey. <laughs> the is number it Tyler one M-Check, or is it the roadcaster? Wow, there is a little bit of that, too. But oh. I think it's your m Again... I somehow heard that clip of us talking or Amtrak about words with friends 20 times on Instagram. I don't know why I kept getting it in all my feeds, right? Mm. And I was like, man, that came across real mean when I said I didn't like you, but I respect you. But then I thought about it some more and I was like, I don't really like you, but I do respect you. So it's accurate. (laughs) And then I started kicking your ass at words with friends, but then you started kicking my ass at words with friends. And that is all. I like your process of being like, damn, I might have been too hard on your M-Chuck. Then reviewing yourself and going, yeah. mm, no, no, I'm just being myself. I'm being honest. I'm yep. like, he cuts us off mid-story and brings it back to whatever the hell he wants to talk about. I'm like, but I respect it because the show he wants to do is much better than if he wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Now well, the audio sounds good, but people just complain that the show sucks. Exactly. <laughs> We're just ticking off the things in the list. Uh, We did have someone, actually, you know what? I'm going to read this one because it was a great, great comment on our Instagram. I put up the question of which one of us would survive longer in the Big Brother house. And we got a comment from, I need to make sure I get his at right on this. Yeah, sorry. At the real Dylan E-Weird. 
He goes, at Nation Real Life, you guys are fucked. Who gives two shits about this crap show? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'll take that as an endorsement for me. Yeah, I'm going to somebody come in that. and chirp him, your M, Chuck? Yeah, and then do- the the dog patch Twitter account goes, ha, 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 why in the actual fuck are you here, bro? Um, <laughs> the they, best. They got him. Uh, that was That was me. That was me, three M, Chuck. That was me. I always enjoy people who complain about free content when like wow. it's something they are not forced to consume at all. Or like he could have just scrolled past that post, but instead he feels the need to be like, fuck you idiots. I hate you. I hate your podcast. It sucks. And it's like, well, you could just not listen, but I mean, well, I I'm also looking at two five-star reviews that are fairly new on uh, Apple podcasts as well. You're object. Go on. Mm-hmm. Matt, Maddie Deneau. On August 7th, five-star review. Thank you for restoring my hope in the Oilers. I mean, oh, that uh, probably didn't age well, though, considering <laughs> how things played out. Uh, the Best Way W. Great entertainment. Five-star review. I love listening to this group of guys. They have great passion for our boys in blue and orange. And great passion for those inside the Big Brother house. And right. playing words with friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay- We're a passionate group. Jay, I heard a report that you are ducking Surveyor Brett in his attempt to play you in Words with Friends. Oh, zing! <laughs> zing! Yeah, I, 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 that's not a zinger. Well, maybe zing. it is. I have a lot of admiration for Surveyor Brett. He is a very active uh, member of our community. But I had to politely decline him. And I gave him <laughs> an explanation. Because Words with Friends can consume me. Yes. So I need to limit the amount of games I play, therefore the distraction it causes. Because I saw, like, during the pandemic, I just went peak words with friends. I had nine games going on with everyone. And it was just like, I was constantly on my phone and just like forgetting everything or delaying everything I'm supposed to do um, to play words with friends. So I can't afford that distraction. So I've put a pitch count uh, on my words with friends. Uh, Jay, this is ridiculous. If you uh, were next door neighbors with Michelangelo, right? And you saw him painting in the window most of the day. And he's like, oh, I got to stop painting. I'm wasting so much time. I have to go do other things like go to the grocery store and buy an egg or whatever people do. Wouldn't you want Michelangelo to paint? <laughs> well, if, if I was the if I was the Michelangelo of, uh, wow, I, that, that just dribbled out of my mouth. The Michelangelo of Words of Friends. Yeah. Then yes. I would continue my, my craft. What if you are the Michelangelo Awards of Friends? You just haven't given yourself your 10,000 hours. Well, I guess the passion isn't there to to be the Micah, <laughs> I, Michelangelo of, of well, Words of Friends. There, was, there once was the ambition to be that for Clash of Clans, um, which also consumed me. And thankfully, with Clash of Clans, the deeper you get into the game, the longer shit takes to do. Yeah. So it creates that separation. Yeah. Thank God. Words of Friends is not like that. No. Another thing, words of, even just play with your Remchuk, you are a very, very quick responder. Yeah, I don't fuck around. For the most part. All my you jobs are just sitting. So. so that's the thing. You get 30 games on the go, and most the majority of people are quick responders. And then I, the minute I get the notification, I have to jump in. Do you stress out if you don't get back to people? I don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do because you never want to show weakness. You never want to show that enough. you think, you never want to show the other side that they think they got you on the ropes. You know, you want to you want to come back and hammer yeah, back yeah. at them. The longer you take, they're like, "Oh shit, I got him." He can't think of what to do. <laughs> yeah, I so, guess. I was sorry, just... Surveyor Brett. It came. It it was Pete. It's with peace and love. All right, I'm playing him right now and laying a whooping on him, but I I always lose to everybody. Well, that was the thing. He's like, oh, just play. I'm not even that good. I'm like, I don't care. What? Not even that good. Like, you're all, if I know I can beat you, then I'll play. Like, what the hell? Yeah. But right um, now, right now, I'm literally playing Surveyor Brett as we speak. He just dropped fleas on me for 18 points. Respect. I am up 191 to 173, and it's my turn. So it's time to put him in a hole here. Carry on with your show. This is something that I didn't have on my list of topics, but I want to ask you guys right now. At what age did hangovers really start to suck for you guys? Oh, good question. Oh, you're Amchuk, you giant pussy. I still don't have hangovers. Uh, For me, it 
was I I started noticing the two day hangover. So like whatever, you used to like go out on Fridays and Saturdays, and then Sunday you'd feel like shit, and you just you know eat some pho or crush some butter chicken, yeah, watch and just binge watch television, and that's all you needed. And the next day you go to work fresh as a daisy. I noticed that on the Mondays I would be a little globally delayed and, and fuzzy. <laughs> Um, I, I started noticing that this was when in my uh, business banking days. So I'd have been like 20, 27, 27-ish when I started feeling like the couch in the lunchroom and snore in front of all your coworkers. Oh, I always used to do that. That was a boss move. I remember talking to what going in to do my banking and I was like, is Jay down in here? And then someone's like, he's the guy who always snores in the break room. And I was like, uh-uh. Well, let's add uh, let's add to that resume. He'd, he'd be the guy who would finish the National Post crossword puzzle, <laughs> then sleep on the couch. <laughs> Why would you ever leave that job? That sounds sweet. Well, you got you got an hour long lunch break, or was it an hour? Yeah, I thought we got an hour. Well, if if we didn't, I'm sorry, ATB. I robbed thirty minutes from you. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd I'd go. Yeah, and they had this comfy couch, especially in the one branch I worked at. That it was long enough for me. So, and I'd always go to bed at like midnight, one o'clock anyway, so I only have six hours of sleep. I like that so. there's like a break room. You're just like, I'll sleep on the entire thing. Fuck you. Oh, I don't care. And then everyone's like, everyone, initially everyone would be quiet because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, don't let me, if you do, you guys, trust me, I will sleep through it. Wow. Anyways, the reason I ask, I went golfing yesterday with my dad and I got super drunk. Um, no, we didn't speak to each other once throughout the entire round. Um, but I got really Who won? You just got drunk? Who won? Uh, I did, actually. I've never beaten him before, and then I've now beaten him twice in a row, so it's been a big... Now he's of, definitely not going to talk to you. No, he's definitely Were not. Were you drinking not. both times? Uh, yeah. Okay, so but, uh, do you it, realize well, the correl- correlation there? <laughs> maybe. Uh, it, it was me It was me, and my dad, and then like his buddy, and then my buddy as well, like the father-son little round the golf in the middle of the week. It was very nice. So you invited your son, your MCO? Yes, um, but I got super, super drunk, and I woke up this morning, and like usually if I, if I wake up on a weekend hungover because I can sleep till like 8.30 or 9 and, you know, get some water in me, have a good breakfast, but I have felt like shit today. I feel like different parts of my body are like randomly bruised, and this is a bad hangover, and I'm only 22, so I thought it was a little early to be getting, like, real bad hangovers. That's way early now. Right? What yeah, that I is think early. that you're going to see is as you get close to your 30s, also you're going to find, like, that you're instilling uh, different steps before you go to bed. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll grab a glass of water. Well, well, here's an example. When we went to Vegas in February, I was rooming with Rick from the pint. Mm-hmm. He's always my roommate on nation vacations. And when we got back to our room, it would be like three 30 in the morning. And he would hand me an aspirin, a bottle of water and a little bit of something to eat so that there was like substance in your stomach. Yeah, yeah. set for the next day. But he said, this is his routine every night before he goes to bed to make sure that he's fresh as a daisy the next day. I never had those things when I was 22. And I'll tell you this, when I was 22, I was backpacking in Southeast Asia so you are in a in for a rough ride if you're already getting these hangovers like this. Like I I always sleep with like uh, the big Gatorade bottle next to my bed, and I now if I'm getting like properly shit faced, I need to drink like two of those throughout the night just as I wake up because I'm my mouth is like dry. I feel dead. It's horrible, horrible. Alcohol one of the worst poison. hangovers. One of the worst hangovers I ever had when I'm I'm, I'm thinking I can picture it now. One of the worst hangovers I ever had and had to go into work the next day for the nation was after the season launch party for Connor McDavid's rookie season. Oh, yeah. That was, like a, that was like a Tuesday or something. That was like a Tuesday night, and we went to the pint, and we put back trays after tray after tray of Jack Daniel shots. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I thought I was going to die. I had never experienced a hangover like that in my life. And it got to the point where I showed up at Little Brick Looked at my laptop, puked twice, and I just left. I went home. Shooters, man, they creep up on you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm semi-retired from from shooters now because all they do is damage. Yeah, I'm not a big shots guy either. Um, like you're right, they just sneak up on you. You do two or three, you're like, oh, I barely drank anything, and then it's like an hour later, and you don't know where you are. Yeah, now I'm check. I got concerned for me when I was 22. I would be going to Cowboys on a Thursday yeah. night. I'd be consuming trays of <laughs> yeah. 25 cent drafts, yeah. which can only be considered 
the worst beer in the universe. Wrong. Made Good value. Of, get drunk. Well, great value. I, you'd go there with 10 bucks, and that's all you needed. You didn't have money all, for all, all I needed, well, then, but at 22, I was, I, I had a little, I had a job, so a little bit more walking around money. So I'd go get a Donair from Mama Donair, sometimes two. I'd go home, I'd sleep for 12 hours, and I'd be ready to take on anything. <laughs> now, talking about, talking about routines, I think I've told this uh, story before, but maybe, maybe we've, instead of 12 listeners, we've got 14 listeners now, so maybe this is new to someone. We have a buddy, we call him Jimmy. Jimmy loves his water, loves his water. So his ritual, uh, and it's probably still to this day, but when we were younger and like, you know, going out was kind of like a past, like your hobby. Um, <laughs> he, you know, we'd always crash at someone's house. So like always, okay, who, whose house are we crashing at? We'd all go out as a group and all go crash at the same house as a group. So Jimmy's ritual was he'd always load up a big glass of water to go to bed with. So he'd wake up in the middle of the night and crush it. So we knew that was Jimmy's routine. Jimmy goes to bed. He passes out. We go, he goes to bed with his water. We go while he's sleeping, dump his water and replace it, his glass full of vodka. No, oh, you got you, me. Rude. Whatever, <laughs> man. Bible to finish. Oh, <laughs> man. So he wakes up in the middle of the night, as he does, to crush his water, as he does, and proceeds to pile back this vodka. Oh. And the minute it kind of kicks in realization happens. But like imagine the deepest gulps you can oh, take no. in the middle of the thing, night. Right? Deep, that, would make, that would make me projectile vomit as that's soon as my exactly mouth realized what, what happened. Fireworks. He, he did. So he threw that's, up? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we just denied it ever happening, but it yeah. was obvious that we did it. He didn't accidentally go to the bathroom and pour it, open up the tap full of vodka <laughs> to his glass. Um, so, fun prank. Feel bad <laughs> a little bit about it. Uh, we're, feel a little bit bad about it as we get older, but what? at the time, no. it was genius. Going you out know, was our hobby. You know what I like to do these days? Let's say I'm getting after it on a Friday or Saturday night, and I'm back home. If I'm back in my abode, I like to wake up and have, make myself a breakfast Caesar. Kind of even things out a little bit. I feel like yep. that's a casual yeah. re-entry back into life. I don't well, like Caesars, a, but I get it. Oh, of course you don't like Caesars or Emchuk. God damn it, man. It's, 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 it's medicinal, those things. It replaces your electrolytes, fills you up with sodium. And, you know, depending on where you go, you get a delis- delicious uh, stick of pepperoni or piece of delicious. beef jerky. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Made of dog? <laughs> Any okay? Uh, I totally forget what we were talking about. Was that was that on your list to talk about? No, it wasn't. Um, but now I'm reminded of a really weird water story I have. Um, so I was when I was I went for a little trip to the mountains, went golfing like last month, and I got super drunk one night. Also mixed it with a little edible. Um, so I was like just fucking not on this planet, and I woke up in the middle of the night. Reached over to the water bottle next to me, took a sip, and I was like, God, this tastes like shit. What is wrong with this water? So I got up, poured it out, went to the tap, filled up my water bottle, started drinking it, and I was like, God, no, this water just tastes like dirt. Like, it was fucking terrible. So I was starting to freak out, and I was like, do I need to, like, boil this water? Like, do we have any water bottles anywhere? And I'm so thirsty because my mouth gets so dry when I'm, when I, like, when I'm drinking. So I go through this whole process of like trying to find something to drink, eventually opened a can of Coke to like soothe myself, right? Um, I go back to bed. I wake up again in the middle of the night, lean over, water bottle still on the dresser. I have a sip because I was just like, you know what? I know it's going to be terrible, but I just need this water so bad. Had a sip and I was like, wait, that actually doesn't taste that bad. Keep drinking it. I'm like, no, it tastes fine. Turns out I dreamt that whole thing about getting up and going to the fridge and having bad water, and there was, like, no can of Coke anywhere. I just had a dream that there was really bad water, and when I woke up the next time in the middle of the night, I was like, oh, this sucks. I can't drink the water. So did you sleepwalk, or it was all a dream? I don't know. Well, no, because there was no, like, can of Coke out or anything, and my water bottle was still next to my bed. But, like, when I woke up, the dream was, like, so vivid that I woke up, and I was like, fuck, I can't drink the water, like— when we get up, I need to tell everyone that the water's bad, but the water wasn't bad. I just had a fucked up dream that I thought was real. 
I had a buddy that used to sleepwalk often, and every now and then he used to piss in his closet because he was thinking that he was dr- he was dreaming oh, yeah. that he was having a problem in the bathroom. It. I have I have that exact same friend. What? He is renowned sleepwalker. Like I've woken up, we've shared a room in a hotel, and I've woken up to him just repeatedly. Like I'm waking up to a thud, and he's just repeatedly walking into the door, backing up and walking back into the door, and he's woken up. He's woken up. This is weird. I remember this. We were going to Nate together. And he, he he calls me in the morning. This is like after a night of us going out. And he's like, he's like, I think I'm gonna get kicked out of my house. I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. I went to bed. Next thing you know, I wake up to my parents screaming at me, and I'm peeing on their nightstand. <laughs> what? What? So, so he's just bracing for the worst. He's like, I'm gonna get kicked out of the house for this. I was like, what? <laughs> I feel like you would need some sort of medication at that point or something, right? Like that you can't just live your whole life randomly sleepwalking and pissing all over the place. Well, I'm a sleep talker. If I, especially if I drink, I am oh, yeah. a sleep talker. And you, and yeah, go back truth, to. You. Right? I recommend uh-huh. people. I recommend people go back to our Vegas episode of Real Life Podcast, where Jay told a great sleep talking story. Yeah, jeez, I've uh, that was. Uh, the, yes. uh, I have a buddy, he's, his girlfriend sleep talks really bad, and most of the time it's just like nonsense, right? Like she'll wake up and yell, or she won't wake up, she'll be in her sleep, and she'll yell like beans really loud, and he'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? But one point, it was like two years ago, like, yeah, it would have been two years ago, right when they moved in together. They're sleeping, and she wakes up, or she starts talking, and she goes, he's here, they're here, they're right there, Eli, Eli, and she's like trying to wake him up, I guess, and he like wakes up and he's scared shitless because he thinks someone's breaking into the house, but it wasn't. It was just her talking in her sleep. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can uh, I can empathize. Yeah, happens with the best of us. All right. Well, we are uh, making our way through this list of topics real quick here. Should let everyone know that we are also brought to you by Oodle Noodle, the best noodle shop in the city. Fourteen locations. You can find them on Skip the Dishes, or if you go in store, you're going to be doing something good for your stomach and something good for the community because ten percent of in store purchases gets donated to commute to charities in the community and uh, the last charity has something to do with horses because i saw jay riding a horse on instagram yes i got to ride a horse his name was mike the horse he was a gentle gentle beast uh so i got to learn how to ride a horse and like turn a horse and put a horse in reverse and do all types types of shit uh and it was super cool the charity that we're working with this week is called little bit therapeutic riding and it's uh, obviously a horse riding charity for uh, people with uh, disabilities who are able to ride a horse because it's actually it 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 it, it helps um, kind of like it's like a soothing exercise um, for for these people. So it's super interesting, and I kind of got to see and reap the the benefits of the therapeutic benefits of riding a horse because kind of once you get going, it's kind of cool. So yeah, we shot a cool video there, and uh, yeah, we're hoping. We're helping out another great local cause uh, in our city. So thank you, everyone. Horses are insanely impressive. Oh, yeah. I always, I always felt like horses, like if they realized how big they are, that they'll take over. They could. They will, they will form some kind of horse force, and then we're hmm. all in trouble. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Horse force? That's right. That could be a thing. You don't want to be in the way of horse force. I saw a tweet the other day. That was, it talked about like how much an ant can lift. And then it brought up how many ants there are in the world. And it said they would have enough like muscle or ability within them if they organize themselves to lift up every Burger King in the United States. And so all like horse for such a serve. random unit yeah, of like, measure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like according to what, Burger, Burger King who, Scientific Foundation? Who can, <laughs> can, who, who can, yeah, who can even like <laughs> visually quantify that? I don't know. I'm just saying I'm talking about the tweet I saw. So the only thing that's stopping us from being overtaken by ants is like some sort form of leadership from the ant community. No! Yeah. Ants don't have fucking ant poison. We do. But what if, if they, they just started it. like lifting cars and shit, man? Well, if they can develop <laughs> fucking mass chemical munition factories, I might be worried. But I'm not worried about an ant carrying me away. You're in. Jesus Christ. I feel like the horse force would prevent that from happening anyway. Horse There's force. no way our horse overlords are allowing ants to take over. Listen, if horse force became a thing, I would be alarmed because they are giant beasts. 
I have a vision that there's a rat kingdom that's taken over old Rexall Place in Northlands. Oh, yeah. I was actually reading about rats in New York and how the pandemic has really caused them to get aggressive because there's not as many people leaving like, real? garbage and shit out. Yeah, man. They're like, rats in New York are at times attacking, like, you know how restaurants now, there are a lot of, a lot of them that are doing outdoor patios on like sidewalks and shit. Yeah. Um, well, now rats are attacking some patrons because there's not as much garbage and general food laying around for them. And that's a major source of their, you know, caloric intake. So now they have to find it somewhere else. So the rats are getting aggressive. Huh. Yeah, yeah, remember when we went to Perth and we went to go eat by the seashore there and the pigeons or the seagulls were attacking us while we were eating? Yes. So we were, I've never seen this in my life, Bagmos. Giant ass, like water fucking seagulls are attacking us while we're eating food at a restaurant, like dive bombing our table. Wow. And the waitress said that there's like, sorry, I can't remember why, but there was like less food, more birds, so they got more aggressive. But the fucking yeah. rats are attacking people? No, thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, thank you is right. That is scary. Yeah, fuck rats too, by the way. They're disgusting. I've never seen a rat in person. Oh, man. I'll never forget the first time I ever saw a rat in person. I was in Bangkok. I had just landed, and their rats are the size of fucking hedge or uh, cats or something. Oh, I yeah. Swear. They're huge. Yeah. And I was walking around, and there was a cat that just started bolting across the street, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm on high alert. I'm walking down this alley. I'm like, what did that cat just run from? And I look in the garbage can or near the garbage I just saw, and there was this cat pro- or this cat-sized rat sitting there just chowing down on what I assume was a human body because it was massive. And I screamed and I ran down the street causing all kinds of Thai people to laugh at me because I had never seen one before. But you know what? At that moment, you Chuck, I felt vulnerable and I didn't mind running away. I don't blame you either. Jeez. If rats organized and said surrender humanity, I would surrender. Yep. I would welcome our new rat overlord. I wouldn't fuck with that. No. That's frightening. The... My in-person animal experience, once I was driving down uh, down St. Albert Trail right by the Henday overpass, and there was something that looked just like a massive garbage bag in the middle, like, but it, you know, like the size of a garbage bag stretched out in the middle of the road. And I was like, oh, what is that? So I keep driving, and it's not moving. So I'm like, oh, I better slow down. Then I get even closer, and it's not moving. So I'm like, boy, I have to stop. So I stop to see what this thing is. It was a porcupine. This thing is fucking huge. I did not think porcupines were that big. Anybody care to make fun of how he said that word? Porcupine? There we go. Porcupine? That's better. No, that's not better. It's worse. Porcupine. Porcupine. There we go. Porcupine. Pork and pies. Pork and pies? Yep. Pork and pies. pies. Anyways, porcupines are fucking huge. Same with beavers, man. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I saw a beaver one time in Jasper, and I was like, Jesus, that's how big a beaver is? I had no idea. That's why they're on the nickel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they deserved it. Well, it is the biggest of the small chain. They, they come. They commanded it. Wanya, what were you gonna say? One time, I was sitting on my parents' front porch, and it was like late at night. I don't even know what I was doing outside. Probably something terrible. And I could hear this grunting. And I'm like, "What the fuck is that noise? Like, is someone walking down the street, full on grunting? Like, was someone lifting weights? It was a porcupine." <laughs> It was the biggest porcupine I've ever seen in my life, which walked down the center of the street like a car, grunting from the labor of being the largest porcupine on earth. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, like, stay quiet. There's a drive-by quilling. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's just because growing up, I always, like, I, maybe I was picturing a hedgehog or, like, if, you know, the media portrays porcupines to be much smaller and cuter than they are. But this thing is uh, yeah, fucking big media. scary. Yeah, Blame the media. I'm blaming the, blame the media for the porcupine agenda. This is one of the best things about living in Edmonton. Yes, it's freezing cold, but all scary things out in nature are pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Nothing can kill us. Nothing can bite us. Nothing can, you know what I mean? There's no snakes in your roof. None of this shit. But we just, but what we do have is we have giant animals that if you do encounter one, then you could be no. probably fucked. But like, no even day. if you well, encounter a fucking, moose. Like a moose if isn't going to fuck you a up. Walk in Jack- a moose Jack- will Jack- definitely fuck you up. It's scared of you. No, I don't think so, man. A moose during rutting season, he will fuck your shit up. Maybe if you catch him on a bad day. Well, he's not Bullwinkle, man. He's not friendly. He's out there crazy. I saw when I was golfing in the mountains, I saw a few moose and they, they ran away when I got somewhat close. Like it wasn't a big deal. They weren't like grunting at me. 
they understand you come your around race, the uh, cracker aisle, the grocery store bag mug with your mask mm-hmm. on, and there's a moose waiting for you in the aisle, which gets you, I will be highly uh, surprised. Well, that is true. That is true. Stick to well, the I urban do. areas. That is true. I always appreciate, though, every now and then you see it come up on Twitter when there's like a moose on the loose in the city. I like to know what he's getting up to. You know what I mean? Why moose did he come here? Yeah. Like, why did they wander into the city? Where did you come from, Moose? There was a bear in St. Albert last year, and that was weird. Yeah. Don't kink shame here, I'm Chuck. I'm not. What, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go to my next topic here. Thank you. <laughs> moose on the loose. Check. Horse horse. Check. There is proof that we have <laughs> listeners because... <laughs> Uh, I was golfing the other day at a nice course called Meadowview. It's just west of St. Albert. Um, it's very cheap. It, the course is actually decent for how much you pay as well. Um, and the guy who, uh, like, I had to go and get my cart and pay and all of that. So the cashier, I suppose I'd call him. He was like, hey, are you the Tyler Yaremchuk from the Real Life Podcast? Oh, or, sorry. He said from the Oilers Nation Podcasts. And I was like, I was like, yes, I am. And he was like, I thought I recognized your voice. Those podcasts are pretty funny. And I said, which one do you listen to? And he said, well, both. And I was like, cool, man. So we have a listener that works at a golf course. I was expecting him to comp my golf and be like, hey, I'm such a big fan of you giving me hours of entertainment every week. Here, the golf is on me, buddy. But he didn't. Um, but anyway, shout out to that guy, which yeah, that was a nice encounter. I just wanted free shit. I expect nothing. I just appreciate the accolade. Bag Milk, you said you met a podcast listener or you talked to a podcast listener? Uh, yes, all the time. We have a very popular podcast oh. that is listened to by many, many people from uh, all Well done, Bag Milk. Thank you. I respect it. I respect that was so it. political. Very right? political answer. Very was, well done. I was trying to bait you and you didn't bite. Damn it. Listen, I'm a master baiter. And you've got some things to learn, my friend. Wow. Clearly. Thank you. Uh, I thought you were court-ordered that you weren't allowed to tell people that for another three years. <laughs> That's right. Please ignore the last statement. Fast forward 15 seconds to get past what I said. Thank you. Do you guys want to talk fact. a little hockey before we get to Big Brother talk? Sure. So the big debate today online partially sparked by my friend Low Tide, who asked the question, would you rather see the Oilers spend the money on Robin Lehner or Taylor Hall? I feel like this is how, I like this podcast is probably going to be unanimously in favor of not wanting Taylor Hall back on the Edmonton Oilers because we've talked about this before, and I agree with you. I think it's a little ridiculous. Um, I threw up the poll, and it was something like 80% of Oilers fans preferred Robin Lehner, but would you guys be in favor? Like, Do you think spending big money on a goalie this offseason is smart? It de- I mean, it depends. What it depends what kind of money we're talking. About. Yeah, I, I don't well, think six to seven Robin million. Lane- no, Man, that's a no, big ticket. No, that's a no, huge ticket, especially no. considering the Oilers have obvious needs up front and on defense. In my opinion, they need goaltending, but I just think that with everything going on in terms of the uncertainty of the salary cap, they need to try and find bargains where they can. I would love to have Robin Lehner, but if you're going to spend six or seven million bucks on him. I just don't know if they can do that right now, given the holes that they have in other uh, parts of the roster. Well, that would put us over $10 million in goaltending. But, like, spending $7 million on a goalie is a death kiss uh, to your salary cap. Cannot do. So how much would you spend on a goalie, then, this summer, this offseason? Fuck, I keep wanting to say this summer. It's not going to be summer. This fall. I don't even know what our options are. I wish we could just draft appropriately and have a goal goalie come up, but apparently we have been able to do that in 15 years. Dube dick. Yeah. Yeah, when we, and we fucked that up. So but, um, I'm working on a little piece right now for the nation, just kind of breaking up the goaltending options this summer into tiers, at least the free agents. So you have the top tier, which is Lehner and Markstrom, and maybe Braden Holpe you throw into there as well, although he didn't have no, a great year. No, don't touch him. Don't so, touch you wouldn't him. touch Holpe? What if he's only no. like four mil? So the only way you would do it is if he's cheap. Now, will he be cheap? Or is someone going to be willing to pay him more? Because like, if, if, he, if he's north of, like, he's got to be, he's got to be cheap for us to convince. Like, Washington's moving away from him. Yeah. I still think, you know what I think, Tyler? I think the, I mean, Elliot Friedman, I heard 
talk about it. I think that they're going to do a stopgap option, like a Thomas Grice kind of person. Yeah, well, I don't that's, that's what I think. Tom, I like the name Thomas Grice. I think he's a good goalie. The thing that would scare me a little bit with him is that he's been very good in New York in a system and with a coach who famously makes goaltenders look really, really good. Like the Islanders don't give up chances or anything like that. And and I'm worried that Grice is more a pro, his good stats are more a product of the system he plays in, not necessarily his skill. But if he's cheap, then but later I, I was that later was that, and he's he's yeah. proven that he's actually. But there is a goalie whisperer out in the aisle because Mitch Corn, Mitch, yeah, he whoever they've got in between the pipes is performing, and obviously they're a little bit more all in on uh, Varlamov. So Grice is Grice is older, right? He's mid thirties. Yeah, yeah, thirty four, I think. Yeah, I know our German. I know our German friends would love to see that, and I would love nothing more than to make them happy. Um, but uh, depending on the dollars, it's worth it's worth a gamble on like a one year kind of show me situation but who knows the market might be for goalies might, might be hotter than that like i think it's, the, it's there's a lot of goalies and not a lot of jobs so i actually think it's a bit of a buyer's market oh good well that's good well then it's worth a try but like at some point one of these hot goalies that we've like how what's the what's the latest from the russian goalie that we drafted last year Konovalov. i think he had a good year in the k and that's sort of it so are we bringing him over to see what he looks no. like not yet. I think he probably needs two more years in Russia before you think about that. So he is, I'm just pulling up from our friends at Elite Prospects here. Uh, he is 22 years old, playing for Locomotive in the K. And last year in 40 games, he had a 9-12 save percentage, did not perform well in the playoffs at an uh, 8-8-8 save percentage in five games. Oh. Dang. There are, and for lower tier options, I saw Brownlee wrote a piece about this today at the Nation. Um, Laurent Persois is a free agent this year out of Winnipeg. You know, bringing him back. He probably only costs you like a million bucks though, right? Same thing, like if you wanted to bring back Mike Smith, he's maybe a million, a mil five. No. Laurent Persois was okay in uh, Winnipeg. He was okay in Winnipeg, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was great in Winnipeg. I would love. I would, lo- I would love if we could have just a one B Kamiko for like a million bucks. Like we can't be because Miko's contract horrible. Yeah. So we we have to operate within that. We just can't double down and get how a many more years than that monstrosity? Two, two more. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. But I would love to see in a flat cap. It's bad. So you've talked about this a million times, Tyler. I'd love to see the Oilers, Uncle Ken, trying to work some magic to find a way to get a guy like a Tristan Jari out of Pittsburgh or something well, like that. Getting it. They're moving on from Murray. They're keeping Jari. Jari's the so future would you, there. So would you give up, what would you give up for Murray, or would you not touch it because he's going to cost too much? Well, I, I think I think if we get Murray, it's like a package trade. And so what is the package going both ways? Would you trade the Ken? 14th overall pick for Matt Murray? No. No. Are you fucking crazy? tempting are you are you are you imagining a fucking coke can again <laughs> i well there's also columbus which is an option uh with merzilkins because corpus Allo is clearly going to be their number one next year and they're going to lose one in expansion oh. um so yeah I, I would take a stab at elvis would you give up the 14th overall pick for him no but then but you got to give to get <laughs> for a goalie but that's the most important position to get right no it's not Fucking ask the Chicago Blackhawks they, if their goalie was elite. Ask the Chicago Blackhawks how they got past the Oilers because the Oilers' goaltending was shit. But they won Stanley Cups with Niemi and Net. Niemi was real so good for those you years. You don't build. You don't build your. Was he or were the Chicago Blackhawks in front of him really good? I think it's probably a bit of A and a bit of B. Uh, but and he was making like two and a half million dollars. You I don't know, win man. Stanley Cups with cheaper goalies in net because you invest out front. Was Jonathan Quick cheap? Was Braden Holpe cheap? Mm-mm. But was what was what was Quick's contract when they were winning the Cups? He was still getting paid. Like, he was a big-name goalie. But but what were, what was he making? Like, when did he cash in? Did he cash in after the Cups? What years did... Uh, I, I don't remember what years they won. L.A., that is. Uh, his current his current contract started in 2013. So that would have been after. Or no, that would have been the year of their cup, wouldn't it have been? Didn't they win in 2013? I don't remember. No, so he's making, one of their cups. 
Yeah, yeah so maybe one of the that. clubs they did it, and some of the other, and there was room for it. We can't have a six million dollar goalie if his backup's four and a half million. See, and there's a part of me that goes, you can have two, you can have two four and a half million dollar goalies. You can make that work. No. Nah. I don't know. I think if there's one area where you're going to spend big on, it's that you're you're trying to get that goaltending position figured out because it'd be such what, a luxury. To get someone, well, like like look at like a ten million dollar goalie. What what kind of save percentage does he get you versus a four million dollar goalie? It's funny because like if you're talking about that, like you can't you can't imagine that the Panthers are super pumped on the first year of uh, no uh, no it's terrific. Because and, and and if and if he takes a step back, you'd rather have you'd rather have a forward take a step back than a, a goalie take a step back. If you've invested a ton of money in him, I there's no see, and there's just a part of me that goes like I would never sign a guy for a, a goalie for ten million. You're asking for trouble unless it's you know Vasilevsky or Carey Price. But if Even you can still. get yeah, you can make that argument as well. But I think two guys at that four four and a half million dollar range, two guys who have the ability to take over the crease and be number ones. Like that's that's what you want. No, I think you want like a. I I, I like yeah. I, I you you want a veteran as your backup. I I like I like the makeup of Boston with Tuka Rask and Halak. No, I know Rask makes a bunch of money, but Halak doesn't like. They're paying. In a combined, they're paying nine and a half million for those two. Yeah, see, like that's still too much. I just think that's the, the, the Boston Bruins don't even really need it. No, they don't. Yeah, and Tuka Rask is making uh, Tuka Rask is on a seven million dollar cap hit according yeah. to Buckpedia.com. Yeah, that's that's too much. Yeah, see, I just don't think we're gonna agree on this. Like, I, I to me, like, if and if you're not spending the money on goaltending, Jay, where are you spending it? Defense. Really? We don't have fucking. Uh, I drank the Kool Aid. I thought our D were solid going into the playoffs, but clearly we've got some holes there. Um, like. We need we need we need to batten down the hatches up front, and then that way you can get away with average goaltending. I think it's to the me opposite. the interesting to me the interesting part about the defense too. Just to change gears for a second, is that with Oilers fans, we're so funny because all right, we need to upgrade the defense. Okay, well, who's moving out? And then that's where the conversation turns about. Well, you can't really move this guy, or you can't move that guy. Where you know things haven't worked for a group that's been together mostly for the past few years. I, I'm of the opinion that they're all young and they they all have room to get better. So you know, like you look at moving Russell for 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 the money side of things, and I think a top six that's Larson, Clefbaum, Bear, Nurse, Jones, Benning, Bouchard. Like if that's your seven, I think you're honestly pretty happy with that. I think that's I'd fine move, if you I'd have move, a good veteran goalie. I'd move Larson, but that's because it's not not because of how he plays. I like how he plays, but I just don't know if his back can hold up anymore. Yeah, they'd have to know that, right? Like, I think it was Jay or somebody said it last week. It would be nice to be the reverse Ryan Whitney trade. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, where you you get the good piece in that. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It's going to be an interesting yeah. sort of month and a half here. We'll I, I can maybe that. I can maybe understand goalie a goalie is a line item maybe at seven to eight million as a tandem. I can maybe get that, but the Oilers can't afford that right now. Yeah, the it depends, it's really going to depend how Ken Holland clears out cap space too, right? It's like if he can get rid of a Chris Russell, $4 million cap, $1.5 million real money. If you can look at maybe a guy like Chase on who's, I'm sure he's a great in the room and all that, blah, blah, blah. But like, again, we're talking dollars here. If you can move out those two guys, there's six and a quarter. Yeah. And there's other things you can do as well, like to sort of make life easier. If Athens CU can sign, like Gregor's report or been talking that the number might be in like the one point something range for Athens CU. Even if you get Athens CU for two years at two mil, you're happy with that. If you can get Benning done for like three years at 1.3 mil a season, you're stoked with that number as well. So like if you can fill out your roster by getting some good contracts elsewhere, you know, maybe you bring back Shahan for 900K, Ennis comes back for a million and a half, and you move out the veterans, then I think you're in a position where you probably could go spend big on one free agent or, you know, go get a couple of mid-range free agents and really improve this team. But the money thing is always going to be the most difficult part of this. I, I can tell you, I would not want to be Ken Holland and the decisions he has to make going forward. Because, yeah. like, he even said it in his year-end availability where he talked about, this is the, these are the moves that we've made based on thinking the cap was going to be here 
fucking pandemic gets in the way and all of a sudden all those plans change. So I know that we're not the only team in that boat. A lot of teams are going to have some interesting um, moves to make. So that makes me think that we could be in for an interesting offseason because there's a lot of teams that are going to need to clear space. So they're probably going to be selling cheap and players are going to move around maybe more than we're probably used to just out of necessity more yeah. so than actually wanting to. 100%. 100%. All right. Graham, Jack, can you say the name of the animal covered in quills again? Porcupine. Porcupine? Oh. Oh, no, no, no. It's whatever you want it to be. I just, I was thinking about it while you were talking. <laughs> I don't know, man. Porcupine. Porcupine? Porcupine. Yeah, no, you, sure, got me, sure. you got me in my own head now. Jay's just one. Fucking right. Sorry. I'm watching the baseball game right now. Um, all right. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Give some love to Jappa first. JappaMachinery.com. We love them. All your big machinery needs. Follow them on Instagram if you like pictures of heavy equipment. Huh? Huh? Porcupine. Porcupine. <laughs> uh, okay. Porcupine. Let's get to everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Previously on Big Brother. Shit was spicy Porcupine. in the Wednesday episode. Porcupine. 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 I kind of disagree with how that lady's saying it. <laughs> now I'm starting to wonder if I've been saying it wrong my whole life. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'm just glad it's not me mispronouncing something for what. Well, it's I'd... weird though when when you've said a word wrong or spelled it wrong your whole life, and the whole world is slightly off. The Berenstein Bears effect. Mm-hmm. What's that? People think the Berenstein Bears is spelled one way, and then in fact it's spelled a different way. And it's spelt like spelt or said. Spelt. Okay. Stein is. I think it's Bernstein Bears, and people will imagine it's the Bernstein Bears. Berenstein. And so people are like, it's collectively misremembering something. The Mandela well, effect. The, yeah, the biggest one to be, and everyone I talk to, it still blows me away. Is the Sinbad Genie yeah. movie? Shazam. Shazam. Wasn't like that, that with is, Shaq? No, that's Kazam. Yeah. Oh. So, Bagwell, yes, do you not remember? Yes, yes I am. Remember, but that's what's but, happening, right? Bagwell, do you remember the Sinbad Genie movie? I do, yep. I can vividly, I can vividly, like, see the cover of the VHS tape or the movie poster for that movie. And, and is he, never, is he, does he have cross arms and a no shirt on and like genie pants? Like no, like he's got he's got a shirt on. He's got like blue. He's got like bluish purple baggy hammer genie pants. Yeah, and he's got like a yellow a it's yellow a, genie top. Oh, genie it's a, top! It's a, it's a, it's like a. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. It's a maroon with like a yellow kind of stitching. Wait a minute! What are you well, looking at? You You're looking at a movie exist. poster that doesn't exist. I'm looking at a picture of uh, Sinbad dressed as a genie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just Jay and I stopped in there. Well, like, but- oh, I see. Okay, so Sin- this is from Rolling Stone magazine. Sinbad wins April Fool's Day with footage of fake Shazam film. There so he- it is. So he turned it into a bit. So what I think it is, is that Shaq had that movie. Yeah. And I think at that time... Sinbad used to wear like really poofy hammer pants and he was very famous. Yes. And so I think Shaq is a genie and him wearing pants that look like genie pants. But then the power of suggestion is very powerful. But the thing that blows my mind is everyone in my circle that I talk to about this remembers the movie. Like what? remember, well, that remember the a movie. cover of the movie. Like what? Do you yeah, remember yeah. From the but plot? that's crazy. Who else was in the movie? I, I remember know. the plot as being him coming to a. I remember the movie too. I remember it being him coming to a family as a genie and their hijinks. <laughs> There's hijinks, yes. But I'm also remembering like fucking Drop Dead Fred plus the Shack movie plus another Harry and the Hendersons plus <sighs> plus. E.T. plus, like, who knows what I'm remembering. Yeah, I was it's say, so wild, though, that so many people think this is, like, actually happened. What if we all got men in black, like a, man? We might have got men in black. It also sounds like the plot for Suburban Commando, when old Hulkster used to be in the movies. Well, this is, like, the plot of every 80s movie. Is like, there's a staid suburban family, and dad makes cereal additives. It's basically just all vacation. <laughs> and then some wacky third-party candidate arrives, 
and wackiness ensues, like Cody in Step by Step. <laughs> remember that guy? Yeah, I remember that guy now. <laughs> remember how that went to shit at the end? That was a great show. Oh, the great show. I loved Step by Step. I was so sad when that's how it ended. Yeah, Suzanne Summers was a babe. Oh, babe. Oh, anyhow. Cody lived in the driveway, man. He, of course he's going to do something crazy in real life. All right. So, uh, Big Brother? Memphis <laughs> is a dick. Question mark? Memphis is overplaying, man. He's, yeah, Memphis he is making up. He's trying to make up for his last season. He, he did nothing. He was a non-event that got dragged to the final two. Yeah. And now he wants to come back and be this like macho bravado guy. And it's going to bite him in the ass. I'm glad he didn't change the the um, nominees because that gives Janelle, my uh, my girl Janelle and my boy Kaser uh, another chance here to start. Hopefully they can win and start taking some swings. But uh, man, he is just too much. His alliance has turned. It's well, it's or, it's already turned on. Well, I like I like to that exact point Tyler being like what the fuck are you talking about man and like his DRs because I don't understand what first of all it's super early to be that aggro with like telling people what to do and what not to do like Memphis is and so I was diving into Reddit a little bit after um, yesterday's episode which was the veto and Big Brother subreddit is all over Memphis for doing exactly what you said, Jay, riding Dan Giesling's, and I didn't watch that season, so I have no idea, riding his coattails all the way to Final Two without really doing anything, and then turning that that into being like, oh, well, I'm this and I'm that, and he's giving poor David shit for being the new guy, when really he hasn't done a whole lot either. Yeah, I think what he's done, kind of like what Jay said, is in his time since he was on the show, he stewed over how he was perceived, right? Yeah. And he's like, if I ever got back in there, I'd do this, this, and this. And, like, he seems to me to be kind of guy who's been living off his big brother's fame in the time since. And I think he just wants to, like, set the record straight as to who he is. Yeah, like, I'm a good big brother player, and I'm going to prove it to you. So he's just being loud and brash. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, I see right through this shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, and his alliance is now seeing right through this shit. So he's probably, I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone next week. I would love that. Me too. I would love, I would love, no. I would love the angle just like of the dude who's way too confident. He's, you know what he's doing? He's playing like he'll never not be HOH. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Get a little but bit I, of power, go straight to your head. But I hope I'm what my, I'm hoping is I need Memphis for what I want to happen is I need Memphis to stay. And we need Kaser to get into Memphis's head to start turning on his alliance because Memphis can actually proven that he can win shit. Um, so you probably want to weaponize him because he's already acting like a weapon, um, and he's going around and sharing secrets. And the, like, I'm surprised he didn't snap on Cody because he went and had a private conversation with Cody and yeah. said, "This stays between us," and then told the whole alliance. And then they came to Memphis, and he didn't get mad about that. I thought I thought we were going to see some drama from that, but um, I, 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 like I said, I, I, I kind of want to create some drama with this this alliance uh, that's intact right now, and I'm hoping uh, Memphis could Memphis will have to switch over and out of that alliance because they're going to turn on him quickly. So he has to start, I think, working with the other side of the house, or the other house needs to present that to him to realize that the path he needs to go because he's fucked up so far. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to see happen. All the three Nate? older players are going to feel are going to gang up and the house is going to get split down the middle. Yeah, and I fucking Janelle, Janelle and Kaser like like I said, I've got respect for Kaser, but then they do that dumb move by telling Memphis that they should backdoor Nicole F. But they just don't know, right? I know, but you've got to keep that shit safe. But I guess Janelle feels like there's an alliance there because they're OG players. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was kind of like, ooh, that's going to bite them in the ass. And it almost did. The line where and Tyler goes, that's not how, I guess that's how you played Big Brother in 1943 or whenever Big Brother 10 was. I thought that was the funniest yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because he, like, a lot of times, Memphis just looks like old man yelling at Cloud in there. Yeah. So I, I don't get what he's doing. I, I like I think right now the players that are just kind of laying low a little bit are going to be the ones that kind of come through this early portion. I also you know, I got to say I feel bad for Nicole A 
Physical comps are just not her jam, are they? No. No. Oh, no, 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 no. No. But the thing that bugs me with her is this is your second year in a row being in the Big Brother house. You have been on the block lots. Can we not have a complete emotional breakdown every time we get put on the block? Like, it's just Why? Make for good TV. I know, but like... You shouldn't really be that. Like, one, you should have seen it coming a little bit because you said you weren't going to play in the safety suite and Memphis more or less told you to do that. Like, you went against the HOH. You probably should have known you were going to get put up. But it's just every time she was on the block last year, too, it's just like a cry fest and this whole thing. And it's like, fuck, just like get ready. Like, be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to win the veto. Don't sit there and be like, oh, everyone hates me because like no one fucking hates you. It's a game. But she cries every time. It drives me nuts. I, I do find it bizarre when people seem so shocked or like upset yeah. when they get put on the block in the game where every week, you know, two, three, sometimes more, depending on the twists and turns, get put on the block. It is weird to me. It's because you're living it 24 hours a day, right? And yeah. there's nothing uh, else yeah. to think about and there's nothing else to distract you and you never get a moment's peace and that starts to wear on you after a while, like a splinter in the mind, right? Well, it's interesting yeah. you say that because you're a thousand percent right. Because I think it was last week I even said, "Why? Where's Paul on Big Brother All Stars?" Because a guy that went final two back to back seasons, I thought he probably should have been there. But then he explained in an interview with TVLine.com, I'm sure is a fun, fantastic outlet, why he didn't come on. And he basically said, "Well, Wanya just said the experience as a whole comes with a hefty amount of emotional and mental stress." I don't think going from one stressful quarantine to another was a very good idea. I miss normal life and genuine human interaction, and that's not what you get in the Big Brother house. And it's hard to argue that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there's a big eviction coming uh, tonight. Fuck yeah. You're Jack, you should go on Big Brother. Why? Who's going home? I don't know. You'd be good. You'd be wound up and good TV. Yeah, I, I, I think honestly, you do. I think I would be like fairly entertaining and shit. But I just I can't go that long without my phone. <laughs> I think well, they'll let you carry around <laughs> a piece of bread or something. You can pretend. Oh god, man! I if I was disconnected, if I was disconnected from sports for that long, like I would just go fucking bananas. You That's just were. You just were for four months. Yeah, but at least like I had my friends and I could hang out with my girlfriend and like you know I'd shit to keep me busy. I could play words with friends. Like you want me to go into a words with friends list zone for like four months? That's fucked. You can no play way. Scrabble. Four you can play pool. It, you can it, learn to play chess. They play a lot of chess in there. If they had Scrabble, I might do it. Think of how shredded you'd get though, you rep Chuck. You'd be out in the backyard pacing, doing push-ups all day. What's the <laughs> booze situation like? None. No, they bring it in once in a while. Yeah, but as like very rarely, and oftentimes they have to turn the cameras off when they do it. Yeah, so like, see, for me, the things I enjoy in life are alcohol and sports and being on my phone. <laughs> and you're gonna deprive me of all three of those. I don't know. If the pot for Canada was bigger, I'd do it. Well, we also know you're a betting man, you Remchuk. Who you who you got leaving tonight? I'm gonna say Nicole leaves. I think enough people are gonna rally around David to want to keep him around. Uh, I'm going to say David, because I think Memphis wants him gone. Tyler's going to want him to stay. I don't, what's uh, that alliance is what? Six people. So that, how many people are on the other side of the house then? Yeah. Fuck Nicole. Nicole screwed. I think Tyler wants, Tyler wants, uh, David to stay and, and he'll get, yeah, no, Nicole's gone. Too bad. So, yeah. I, uh, I I would also agree with that. I think that even though I don't necessarily, I think David would be a bigger competitor, if that makes sense. So keeping Nicole to me would be like an easy play. For for the long term, yeah. But I, I do get your point right now. We're still in the early portion of Big Brother where it seems like the house just kind of does what the, what the HOH wants. Unless we get some kind of coup, I'd love to see a coup. Well, there is a coup. The coup is already percolating. Like no one, no one on the alliance trusts Memphis. Well, and that's why. That's why I love these early season alliances because they just blow up almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah, it always like every year it happens, and I thought maybe in All Stars it would be different, but every year there's the one super alliance that forms super early on, and they go, "We're going to go to the end. We're going to pluck everyone off one by one," and then it just never works. It's like week four, and they're all pissed at each other. Someone doesn't like someone, and it breaks apart. But all right. Um, well, we oh, actually, I want to bring this up quickly because our good friend Scott Hastings, who joins us every Monday for our gambling talk, posted 
uh, he wrote an article about the odds for Big Brother. So uh, I'm going to post this up on the Instagram. It's already up on our Twitter. Here are the the favorite is Cody at five and a half to one. You got Tyler at six to one. Memphis at six and a half to one. Danielle at seven to one. Davon is nine to one. Christmas, Enzo, and Ian are all ten to one. Bailey, Nicole, Nicole are all twelve to one. Janelle and Kaser are fourteen to one. Kevin is sixteen to one, and David's eighteen to one. I think there's good value on David if he stays this week, and that's probably good value on Janelle and Kaser as well. Yeah, I like Kaser. I like Kaser, and I think I like Danielle and maybe Christmas. Yes, that's my pick. Christmas. She's so nice. Oh, she's and she's, she can she can shred the physical contest too. Oh wow. yeah, she, fuck, she is just a fucking beast. Like when she's she a machine. turns it on, oh my god. Christmas uh, is one uh, of the rare Big Brother candidates that like wasn't annoying at all. Oh yeah, she's. Yeah, I'm not a big great. fan of her. I'm meh. Why? You didn't like? I thought I was nice, her because like. I think she's a little annoying. All right. Well. Okay. Yeah, Tyler, well, Tyler also cool. hates uh, Christmas. He's more of a Halloween guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> festivus guy. Uh, now, how about David blowing that comp yesterday? <laughs> Guy's got his life on the line, and he fucks it up like he does. That's like the camp comeback too. way, Jay. <laughs> oh God, that was so funny. Here at camp, camp comeback way. Oh man! All uh, right. Well, I always love when, I always love when uh, the Big Brother team edits together those kind of contests where it's like David in the diary room. He's like, "This is my contest. I'm going to win it." And then yeah. he goes back to the contest, and it's like, "Oh, get a little shaky." And then he goes back to the diary room. He's like, "I I know I need this one. My life is in my hands." And then like she's like, "Drop ball." <laughs> I'm to him being like, "I got a strategy," and then he's just like, "Yep, yep, ah, hi oh, fucking yelling." <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that's good. What a great show. I'm happy it's back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's so good. so good that it's back. It's so good that it's back. Uh, man, this was a... You know what? For a real-life podcast, this is this had a bit of everything. A little bit of Oilers talk. A little bit of us arguing about them. Random shit about sleep talking and hangovers and whatever. Uh, porcupine nonsense and Big Brother talk. It was a good podcast, guys. I don't agree. I think the guy who was telling us off in the comments is right. I think this is garbage. And we're all morons. Well, um... Yeah, uh, I think one thing we should do uh, yeah. at the end here is kind of end on a serious note. Uh, yeah, and, I, oh yeah, you go. Well, just want to, you know, it would be it would be remiss as people who are fans of hockey to not send our, our wishes and condolences for the loss in the hockey community we all experienced, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but the, the passing of Dale Howarchuk way too soon. Legendary yeah. NHLer, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Buffalo Saber, where else did he play? St. Louis, played, Philly, yeah. Winnipeg, Buffalo, St. Louis, Philly. He had uh, 1,188 career games in the NHL, 1,400 points. One of the best to ever do it. Also, the yeah. Canada Cup as well. He was a big international player for Canada. Huge international player. He won that faceoff, and also when it was allowed, hooked that one Russian who was back checking to break up the play to slow him down just a little bit. So he was. Just as pivotal in that goal as Gretzky and Lemieux were. Yeah, and I think in like obviously I never got to see him play, but I think what we've kind of seen with uh, everyone sharing the stories of Dale Howard, Chuck saying what he meant, especially in Winnipeg, he's a great example of when you just focus on being a good person first and an athlete second, like what an athlete can become in society, right? Where he would like you are not finding anyone saying one bad word about Dale Howardjuk. In fact, it's everyone saying simply amazing things about the type of person Dale Howardjuk was. So I think what he meant to that Winnipeg community, like he is a prime example of what what sports can do and what athletes can be. So yeah, mm-hmm. recipes. Well, even when we went to, we went to Winnipeg a few years ago for the Heritage Classic and. We got to watch the the old timers game before the main event, I guess. And I'll never forget, to be honest, being in the stadium and when they announced Dale Howardchuk and he came out and skated to center, the ovation he got. All those years later, he still meant the world to Winnipeg, and we got to see it firsthand. So that was pretty neat, um, pretty neat experience to be able to see that. Hundred percent. Yeah. So condolences to the Howardchuk family, to the hockey family as well, to everyone in Winnipeg who had a connection to Dale Howardchuk. Uh, you were bang on, Jay. We needed to. We needed to give him some love here to end this podcast. It was episode 206 of the Real Life Podcast for Wanye J. Bagged Milk. Not Chalmers because he didn't show up again. I'm Tyler Rumchuk. Hope you enjoyed the show. 
We'll talk to you again on Monday. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.